Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler free, so we welcome fans, new and old, to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season one. I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Savanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 10, Wicca Envy. It originally aired on January 13, 1999, and had 6.35 million viewers. So, this episode starts with Phoebe and Prue um, walking into the manor with a bunch of shopping bags, and they're talking about how Prue bought this new wardrobe for work. And all of a sudden, Piper and Leo come out of nowhere, running down the hall, (laughs) just giggling at each other and holding hands, half naked. And they see Prue and Phoebe standing in the doorway, or Piper does, and freezes the room and freezes Leo and falls and slides across the floor over to them. And Prue and Phoebe help her up and they're all laughing and they're making like little jokes about her and Leo, but also telling her like, you know, this is, I'm happy for you. This is good. And Piper is just like, okay, like you guys have to leave before he unfreezes. And then she asks how much they spent. And Phoebe's like, we spent a lot, but it's perfect new look for a SHW single hot witch talking about Prue. And they make more jokes about, you know, Piper and Leo. And then Prue and Phoebe go to hide so that Piper can unfreeze. And Piper goes back into her position that she was frozen in. And Leo unfreezes and they run upstairs. And the girls just kind of giggle. So just a cute little scene (laughs) introduction. I feel like to me, like these interactions when it came to like talking about, you know, like Piper and Leo and everything going on felt more genuine to me. Like it didn't feel awkward. It didn't feel forced. Like it felt like the way you would actually like tease a sibling. So I liked the writing in that scene more than I've liked some of their like, let's talk about sex sister scenes before. Right, right. I agree. Yeah, no, they made this one very casual and I think more realistic how a normal conversation would go between siblings. And I thought the whole scene was just so adorable. Like Piper and Leo, they just look so happy. And Prue and Phoebe are both so happy for them. Like, it's just heartfelt moment. Yeah. And I also like that we're seeing, you know, since two episodes ago, we ended with, you know, that scene between Prue and Phoebe after the breakup. And it's good to see that kind of that closeness between them is continuing. Like, they're going out shopping together. They're doing things, just the two of them. And I like seeing that. Yeah, that was something that I also wrote that down in my notes. Well, it was a little further along when I guess we'll get to it too. But um, we're like, you see that they have this newfound bond that they haven't really had in the past. And you notice that between Phoebe and Prue in this episode, it's really nice. Like you can see that that connection is finally starting to build and that resentment is starting to wear off a little more, you know? So I love that. Yeah, me too. So then after that, we go into Prue's bedroom where she's, starting to change and we see this like 
sort of like translucent version of Rex appear behind her. And Kit can obviously see him because Kit starts hissing at him because she's like changing and he's standing there. And he like is mind controlling her, it seems like, because he goes into her ear and is like, unpack your briefcase and take your date book out and put it in your desk. But we see that the date book is actually like a tiara. Then she continues trying to change and he's like really looking this time, like makes it very obvious, like creeping over her shoulder. And then Kit jumps up on like the table next to where he is and like hisses at him until he leaves. And like, ew, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. So much like Rex is at his absolute creepiest in this episode. There's so many different times where I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, and there's a joke that. that comes up later in the episode, you know what I'm talking about, where it never rubbed me as wrong as it did this watch after, like, taking note of all the other creepy things he's been doing throughout yeah. that I was finally, like, actually, that's super disgusting that he said that. But, yeah, no, this was super gross. I mean, it's setting up the plot as far as Prue having the tiara, so that's the purpose of the scene. But why they had to make Rex watching her changing what the fuck no idea no idea i don't know if it was supposed to be like sex appeal for us like ooh, is she actually gonna get undressed like you know i don't know what the goal was with that scene but i thought it was just really like super uncomfortable he wasn't even like it wasn't like he was like just you know a quick little peep or anything he was, like, full-on, like, leaning over her shoulder, staring at her, trying to watch her undress. And it was like, dude, you're disgusting. Creepy as hell. Yeah. Ugh, I hated that. But after that, we see Rex appear, kind of, like, come back to himself. You know, I don't really know how to say that. He just, like, appears back into his own body. And he's actually in the office at Buckland, sitting next to Hannah, and he tells Hannah that Prue did exactly what he told her to, and that she couldn't see him, and Hannah's confused about this power that Rex has, and he explains to her that it's astral projection, where he can transport himself psychically and implant thoughts into other people's heads, and that he, just like he tricked her into leaving the vault with the tiara today that she was taking out of her purse at home. Hannah is just, like, being totally stupid and doesn't understand at all the power. So Rex is like, watch this, and then does another really weird, creepy thing. And he astral projects out again, except this time to Hannah, and tells her, you want to disrobe for him desperately. And then he comes back to his body, and Hannah gets up and starts undressing for him. And he has this... I think I think it's the face he makes that really really got me too where he was like so proud of himself and like happy and like looked so desperate to see her undress it was weird like I don't even know how you acted that out like <laughs> I hated that honestly like shout out to the actor who plays Rex I don't know his name for making me hate him so fucking much because like everything about him just like grosses me out like it's been really hard to watch earlier episodes and try to be like you know neutral about Rex because I obviously knew where the plot was going 
and I just hate him so much. And seeing this, I'm just like, ew. Like, could there be a worse person? Like, I always had Roger at the top of my disgusting men list from the show, but now it's Rex, then Roger, okay? Yeah, Rex definitely tops Roger. But I feel like Roger would have been exactly the same if he was a demon, you know? Like, if he was a warlock, then this is Roger 2.0. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Absolutely. He did his job, though. Made us despise this character. But yeah, after that, we have the theme, and then we go back to the manor. It's the next morning, and Prue is trying on clothes in her room. Eventually, she puts on this kind of, like, suit that's like a skirt and a jacket and everything, and she comes down the stairs, and Phoebe enters, also wearing kind of like a little suit outfit, and says, if you ran an employment agency, would you want me? And Prue says, maybe, but I definitely want my suit back. And Phoebe replies, it's part of your old wardrobe. I'm just recycling. And then they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And Phoebe eventually is like, yeah, I know. Like, you want it back, whatever. That's when Piper comes down the stairs and she's like, hi, bye. And clearly doesn't want to talk to him. But they want all the tea about her night with Leo. She says, it was nice. It was wonderful. We just had a few problems. And Phoebe and Prue are like, what do you mean? Like, trying to get it out of her and she says that she kept freezing him and that the first time it was on accident but then she kept doing it and then eventually you know they're kind of teasing her more and she's like embarrassed about it and wants to leave and that's when Phoebe says that we're just happy to see you with a great guy finally and that things are looking up for all of them and Piper's kind of like when you say that that's when things go wrong like why would you say that and they're all starting to leave. That's when Leo comes down to say good morning and Prue and Phoebe leave quickly. And then it's him and Piper. And she kind of like gives him this like awkward kiss goodbye. And then he like pulls her in for like a better kiss. And it was very cute. I know I wrote in my notes too cute. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, when this was the scene that I was talking about when I was like, oh, like, you notice the bond between Prue and Phoebe because Prue comes downstairs smiling and they're, like, making jokes about, like, the outfit she's wearing and they're going to go to work together or they're going to leave together. I don't know. And, like, it just seemed like normal sibling conversation, like, very casual. It wasn't, like, one person is higher above the other, which I feel like has always been kind of their dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um and I thought that was just really nice to see. And then <laughs> Piper and Leo, I just can't. They were that was too adorable. The way he grabs her and kisses her, like they just like you can feel how into each other they are, and I love it so much. Yeah, I know we've talked a lot about the chemistry between Andy and Prue, and I think there is just as much, if not more, between Piper and Leo. So. I'm really loving them as a couple, and I just want things to keep going well for them. I agree. So after this, we cut to Buckland's, where Prue and Phoebe are walking in to the building and see police kind of everywhere asking people questions. And Prue comes up to the security guard that works at Buckland's and asks him what happened. And he tells her that they were robbed last night and someone stole this expensive tiara and 
crew is like, oh my god, like, because obviously she doesn't know that she was the one that stole it, because in her mind, Rex tricked her. And Rex comes up to Prue and Phoebe, and he kind of obviously is pretending like he doesn't know what's going on, and he's all upset. And they just kind of all start talking, and Rex says that he's worried about this ruining their reputation, and Prue is like, oh no, we just have to get the tiara back before word gets out. And he agrees and says that she should stay and help the police because she's the only one he can trust. And then he says that he can't stay and talk to them because he has another commitment that he can't get out of. And it's a concert. And Phoebe asks who he's going to see. And he says, did he say the verve? The verve, yeah. Verve, okay. And he says the verves. Phoebe gets all like fangirl and is like, oh my God, I love them. I worship them. Great band. And Rex is kind of like, oh, like, why don't you come with me tonight? Which totally, like, Prue's whole face dropped. She was like, uh, like, Rex and Phoebe going to a concert together. Mad weird. But Prue, she was like, okay, like, fine, I don't mind. Of course not. Why would I mind? Because what can she really say? That's her boss. And then Phoebe says that she would love to go. And then she says that she has to leave. So she leaves. And then Rex thanks Prue for pitching in, and he walks away, and all of a sudden, (laughs) our boy Andy comes out of another room and goes up to Prue on this fucking robbery case that has nothing to do with murder, and Prue's like, oh, are you on this case? And he's like, yeah, I guess fate keeps throwing us together, and then hannah comes up to the two of them and says oh you two knew each other i forgot and prue's like no you didn't and then hannah's like well i suggested that he speaks he should speak with you since you were the last person to actually see the tiara obviously kind of hinting at prue being guilty and then she makes this little like flirty comment to andy right in front of prue which is just gross and then daryl comes up and tells them that he wants to see the security tapes from last night and Prue agrees to go get them for him and then they both walk away it's just Andy and Prue now and Prue kind of asks how Andy's doing and he says that he's okay and tells her that she should stop by the station later to talk about everything that happened okay felt like that was a a lot of people coming in and out there. <laughs> I know there were so many people just entering and exiting in that scene. Yeah. But um the first thing I'll say, why the fuck is no one at the precinct at all concerned that Andy keeps working on cases that involve his ex-girlfriend's place of employment? Like wouldn't they be like, hmm, maybe we should send Morris with someone else considering that Prue and Andy dated and this is a commonly known fact. Yeah. This isn't like some big secret like you guys were together you had a relationship and it caused problems before you would think Morris would say something like hey like I'm sorry but it's in everyone's best interest that you're not on this case not to mention it's not a homicide case and they're homicide detectives yeah. so I don't know why they keep appearing out of like they're there for every case. Anything that involves police, it's always them. Wasn't there that yeah. one time? That yeah, that's there? what I was about to say. Like, now I just really don't asta- understand why they weren't there for Aviva's aunt because they're there for every other fucking crime that happens. <laughs> I know. It doesn't make any sense. 
Oh my God. I, I don't even get it, but here. Yeah. It was just very obviously, you know, Rex and Hannah kind of pretending like they don't know that they're tricking Prue, but like, obviously Prue has no idea what's going on. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I hope that we're like reading it so that it comes across (laughs) how it's supposed to. The only other thing I want to mention about this scene is, like, I feel like the way they're setting it up, you almost want to, like, like the Rex and Phoebe thing, because, like, a lot of what he's doing is cute, but we know he's a manipulative little bitch, so I don't actually like it, but I'm like, I think that it's set up in a cute way, and if he weren't a bad guy, I would be about it, even though, like, it would be a little awkward for Prue. Maybe, but I don't know. I I feel like I couldn't get past the thought of, like, like, I'm sorry, but if my siblings ever, like, started dating my boss or something, I would be pissed. Like, Prue held it together, was very cool about it. I would have been really, really mad. Like, I don't know why, like, not that I would want to get with my boss or something, but, like, why the hell would I want my sister to start dating him, like, you become part of my family. Like, it's not, I don't know. I think that's, we- I feel like that's a boundary. That's fair. Cross. That's fair. And I get the territorial thing when, like, Prue talks about it later, because I feel like, you know what, when I think about it, like, I, I get like that, even with, like, friends dating people I also know. I, like, don't like when that yeah. happens, because I'm, like, you're mixing together, like, two different parts of my life, and it's kind of, like, awkward for me, because now if you guys break up, I'm gonna have to pick one of you to stay friends with, especially if it's, like, a bad breakup. So, like, especially, you know, if it's your boss, and, like, they have a bad breakup, that would make things really awkward at work. So I think I yeah. agree with you now. Yeah, it could cause so many problems, and I'm the same way, like, exactly that that situation I mean that's happened to me and it's just like uncomfortable because you know then a breakup comes along and you have to pick sides or whatever you know it's just like it it just in the end would be a really shitty situation Mm -hmm. I don't know I would be pissed but yeah so then we go into Rex's office Hannah's like super pissed she's like I can't believe you're taking that little witch to the concert Rex that was my ticket And then he, like, calls her kitten and, like, purrs at her. And then he's like, you know I'm only doing it to upset Prue. Like, no, you definitely are trying to bang Phoebe, don't lie. Then he, like, is weirdly touching her, like, chest and her collar and, like, her neck and stuff. It's super awkward. And then he's like, there's a spell in the Book of Shadows. When the time comes, they'll use it. And that's kind of their plan to steal their powers. And then for the first time since we've seen them doing all these weird interactions, they finally kiss on the mouth. Yep. I was thinking the same thing when I saw it. I was like, oh my God, like finally, this is the first time they've ever kissed. So they are together, which is also weird because this is the episode where he's the most like with somebody else. And you know what else confuses me? Prue works with Rex and Hannah. They're together all the time. I feel like there's no way Prue doesn't already have the assumption that they are dating. So the fact that, you know, Rex and Phoebe start going out or hanging out, whatever, like, I would be like, wait a minute, don't you have a girlfriend, like, here in the other room? I don't know. I feel like that's also I weird. I think that 
they don't act like they're dating in the office. Like the only time I've ever seen them touch each other at work, other than when they're alone in an office, is when in the last episode, The Witch is Back, when Andy and Daryl were there. So I think they're the only person who's ever seen an interaction like that because Rex kind of like touched her back in the interview scene. And I also think that she's supposed to be like in like accounting or his executive assistant or some other type of admin role that would work directly with him. And that's kind of why they're together all the time. Gotcha. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I guess I guess I was just thinking about it because that's the perspective that we always get from them. But yeah, I guess they, I, we've never really seen them act like that in front of other people. Yeah, but the whole, um, like, I think this was probably one of the most uncomfortable, like, feelings I've ever gotten from one of their interactions because, I'm sorry, he was literally like, Hannah, kitten. I was like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah no like if, if someone, someone ever made a noise like that at me immediately lose interest I'm yeah. out. immediately it's over like i don't i can't fuck with you no more it's it's sorry motherfucker gotta go Ugh, i hated that <laughs> i just i can't i can't stand rex in this episode okay uh after that we cut to the police station where Andy is kind of interviewing Prue, asking her questions, making sure she put the tiara back in the vault before she left, and there was anybody else there, and who locked up the vault. And then he says, did you happen to take anything out of the vault when you left? And Prue kind of gets offended by this and is like, no, is this an interview or an interrogation? And Andy's like, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get all the facts, that's all. And then Daryl kind of chimes in and says there was no sign of forced entry. So kind of basically saying that he thinks maybe an employee might have taken it. And Prue was like, you mean someone like me? And Andy's like, no, 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 don't be ridiculous. And Daryl's like, well, we still need to check out everyone's story because grand larceny is a big time crime. And then Andy's like, okay, well, I think we have enough. And he doesn't want to keep questioning her and he sends Prue home. And once she leaves, Andy gets upset at Daryl for kind of pressing Prue about the tiara. He's like, what the hell was that about? And then Daryl kind of goes off a little bit and he's like, why don't you tell me last time you were ready to bust her for stealing a feather and now you think she's Miss Innocent. Not saying that she did it, but a lot of the arrows are pointing in her direction. And then he mentions that the security tapes that Prue brought over are missing one and it's the one from the vault. Here we see Andy all of a sudden defending Prue and completely switching up from last time. Not that anything between them has changed or gotten any better or there has been, it's like, it's not like there was some kind of resolution to that situation in the last episode and he just had a sudden change of heart, I guess. Yeah, I think I mentioned it in last episode. I was like, it's so weird to see him like reacting the way he does in that one and then see the total switch up in this episode where he's all about like proving that Prue is innocent. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. where the hell was this energy last week? Um, <laughs> now all of a sudden it's like Prue could not be a criminal, but last week it was like, that bitch needs to go to jail right now. Like, Andy, what? What? What is your personality? Because I can't tell anymore. You went from the worst person I ever met to trying to be a good guy again? I know. This time, 
he had, and, you know, we'll see as the episode goes along, that there's more and more reason to believe that Prue is actually doing something wrong. Meanwhile, in the last episode, he immediately attacks Prue for getting attacked by someone else. You know what I mean? Like, Prue didn't do anything to even make him think that she did something wrong. Like, she was the one that was in danger, and that was clear. And he was blaming her but now when there's actual evidence against her he's like okay no no no, chill out like she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't <laughs> he's like my love prue would never steal a tiara yeah maybe a feather but not a tiara <laughs> like i don't even know but yeah no i don't know i also will say throughout this episode i kind of start to like to get to that point where i like daryl he hasn't really, you know, we've talked about how Daryl is a major part of the show. He hasn't really shown those character traits that we'll grow to like about him later on. But I think we're starting to see more of his personality now. When he gets a little sassy with Andy, I like it. Like, I appreciate their dynamic a lot in this episode. And I'm definitely starting, he's starting to grow on me. Still making some comments I don't like here and there. But overall, I think the character's moving in the right direction for me to start liking having him around more. Yeah, definitely me too. So then after that, we go to Quake, where Piper is like at the bar. She's counting some money in the drawer. Prue's sitting there across from her. And she's kind of like making all these comments about how like Piper's glowing and all this stuff. And then Piper kind of changes the subject and asks her about the tiara. And Prue says that it's probably worth well over a million dollars. She hasn't had it appraised yet, but that would be her best guess. And then Piper asks if they have any idea who stole it. And Prue's kind of like, yeah, me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when Phoebe comes in with Rex. They said that the concert was good. And Prue kind of makes a comment that like Phoebe's still recycling, I see, because she's wearing another one of Prue's outfits. And they kind of, like, make these little faces at each other. It's pretty cute and funny. And then Rex thanks Prue for taking care of things with the police. Phoebe and Rex go to get a table. And, you know, Rex kind of invites Prue to join them if he wants to. And she's like, no, no, like, that's fine. And then as they go over there, Prue's, like, staring after them. And Piper says she's a big girl, Prue. And Prue's kind of, like, meaning And Piper's like, he's rich, he's stable, he's handsome, you should be happy for her. And this is when Prue brings up how she wants to keep her work and her home life separate. And then she looks over at them and sees them smiling and laughing. And you can tell that she's uncomfortable about the whole situation. Yeah, which I would be too. And I'm sorry, Piper, like, girl, why are you defending this? Like, why are you defending Phoebe here? I'm sorry, but... I think Phoebe's in the wrong. Like, I would be pissed if I was Prue. And if I was Piper, I'd be like, I know that bitch is not getting lit with your boss right now. Like, you're kidding me, right? Like, I would be so upset. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think a lot of them cross, like, what would be normal, like, boundaries, though. Because, like, let's see, Prue dated her old boss. Piper's dating someone who works at their house. (laughs) Like, they're not really, like... (laughs) keeping strict lines between their personal lives and their work lives so I guess I could see why Piper might not see it as being an issue for Prue considering Prue has already dated um, a former boss of hers but 
I do definitely get where Prue's coming from, and I I do agree with you about this. It's just, I don't know. Maybe that's the yeah. way the show wants us to see it. I definitely get it a little. I feel like the whole reason Prue acts pretty, like, casual about the whole situation, more casual than I would, is because there's nobody there being like, no, 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 you're right. Like, this is kind of weird. This is a really weird thing that's going on, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Piper and Phoebe are both like, what's the big deal? So Prue's probably second-guessing in her own head, like, maybe I'm being dramatic, you know? But I wouldn't think so. Yeah. So after this, we cut to the manor, and it's the next day, I assume. And Prue and Piper are both in the living room, and Piper's kind of sitting there on the phone with Leo. And Phoebe comes down the stairs and sees that there's roses on the table and asks who they're for. Prue's like, guess, while she's very obviously, like, upset because, I mean, you know, obviously they're from Rex for Phoebe. And Piper can tell shit is about to go down, so she's like, Leo, I gotta go, something's something's about to come up, (laughs) and hangs up on him. And then Phoebe sees that Rex left those flowers for her and reads a little note that he left her, thanking her for last night and saying that the job is on its way. There's, like, weird energy going on right now. It's very obvious Prue's upset, and Phoebe can sense it, too. I don't know. And Piper is just kind of, like, trying to divert everyone's attention. And she's like, oh, aren't these flowers beautiful? Like, let's go put them in some water. And Prue is like, must have been quite a night. And Phoebe's saying, like, all I did was tell him that I was going to the employment agency and looking for a job. He said that he might be able to help me out. Like, what's the big deal? And Prue is like, Phoebe, it's none of my business, really, but just watch what you say to him because there's certain things I don't want my boss to know about me. And then the doorbell rings and Prue goes to answer it and it's Daryl and Andy at the door. And she's like, what, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and Andy's like, I'm sorry, Prue, we're here to search your house for the tiara. We have a warrant. And then everyone just gets really like shook. <laughs> <laughs> I think she is being logical where she's like, you know what, it isn't any of my business, but, you know, be careful because that's still, this can still affect me, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think we're getting little aspects of kind of like this passive aggressive tendency that Prue seems to have. We've seen it in other interactions she's had with Phoebe previously, but I think here it seems more well-intentioned. Like, I don't think she's as upset with Phoebe as she is just kind of frustrated by the situation and wishing that either of her sisters would kind of like see her perspective on it because kind of like you said like no one's really agreeing with her or seeing why she might feel the way she does about Rex and Phoebe getting involved with each other. So then after this we're upstairs in Prue's room where they're about to do a search and Phoebe is flipping out and I was in love with her in this moment like I loved her so much like yelling at them And then, you know, Daryl says that the tape was missing and Andy goes to open Prue's desk drawer where the tiara is and Piper sees it luckily before he does and freezes time. She grabs it and they're all kind of freaking out and trying to like figure out where to hide it instead and Piper puts it like in the pillows on the bed. And that's when Astral Rex appears in the room and he kind of 
is watching everything that's going on. And at first, Prue's kind of like, well, let them find it. I have nothing to hide. I'm innocent. And Phoebe points out to her that doesn't look very innocent. And then the, everything unfreezes and Rex kind of whispers to Andy to check in the pillows where they just hit it. And then they freeze him. They freeze everything again and she moves it to the dresser because he already checked there. And then, of course, Rex is like, check the dresser again. So he's going to do that and Piper freezes him. And then this time Phoebe runs out and hides it in a different room. And then Rex kind of is standing next to Piper and... The first she repeats what he says, and then the second time he's like, you're a miserable witch. And Piper kind of makes this weird face, and Prue's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't know, I feel like calling a shrink for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And Phoebe comes back in the room, and she's about to tell them where she put the tiara, but then everything unfreezes, and Rex kind of like astral projects out. And that's when Andy apologizes to Prue, and they leave. Yes. So, I mean, this scene, I like this scene. I love, I love Phoebe in this, just like you said. I love it. And, like, there's other times in this episode where she also gets defensive. And I love the way she just, like, immediately is willing to hold her ground. Like, make sure, you know, like, defend herself and her siblings, even, like, you see that Prue does have the tiara there and like you're still gonna back her up you know I I just love that trait about Phoebe yeah no definitely and I think it's a very sibling thing like if any of my siblings were accused of a crime I feel like this is exactly how I'd act about it too I'd be like what the hell no even if I knew they did it you know I'd just be like who's Mia never heard of her when the cops come asking questions (laughs) I would be the same way I definitely would did you have Anything else to say about the scene? I feel like it was just, like, kind of the plot, like, them hiding the tiara, Rex trying to get the police to find it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's just kind of showing, like, Rex's plans keep getting ruined because the sisters kind of outsmart him throughout different Mm -hmm. parts of the episode. Exactly. So then we cut to Rex coming back into his body, back in the office, and he's really pissed off. And Hannah's like, oh, did the police find the tiara? And Rex says no, and he kind of explains to her what happened. And he says that him and Hannah are going to have to up the stakes to get this, you know, to work their plan to work out. And then we cut back to the manor, and Prue is talking to her sisters and saying somebody is obviously trying to set her up and that they're using magic to do it. And then that's when Leo comes in and asks, you know, what the police were doing there. And they're like, oh, nothing. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go fix the sink upstairs. So he leaves. And Phoebe is like, hmm, like, is it possible that, like, he might be a warlock? And Piper's, like, butthurt about it. And she was like, why is it always someone I'm dating? And then the phone rings, and Prue goes to pick it up, and it's Rex calling, and she kind of starts talking to him about, like, oh, I'll be at work soon, but gets cut off and realizes that Rex is actually calling to talk to Phoebe and not her, and Prue's like, okay, like, this is for you, and Phoebe comes and takes the phone, and they start talking while Piper is dusting the room and starts dusting Phoebe's body. 
and Rex invites her to this dinner party, and she agrees to go to it, and she's walking away while she's on the phone with him, and then Piper turns to Prue and is like, okay, so what are you gonna do? And Prue's like, well, what can I do? My sister's dating my boss, and Piper's like, no, 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 not about that, about the tiara, and Prue's like, oh, well, whoever's setting me up, it's got to be someone at the auction house. And if I had to guess, I'd probably start with the person who said she's out to destroy me, talking about Hannah. So I thought this was actually, like, really good flow into, like, reason why they would start to think that Rex and Hannah were behind this. Because the fact that that did happen in the Truth episode, where Hannah literally says, like, because it's my mission in life to destroy you that here you know them they have like reason behind assuming that maybe hannah has something to do with it and that's kind of what leads them into it because otherwise i feel like sometimes they just sometimes i feel like in the show they just make these connections that like there's no you had no reason to think that though you know like you're right because that's the show but there was no reason behind it and here there's actually something backing it up from another episode which i thought was good yeah, definitely. And I remember, you know, when we were talking about that episode, we kind of brought up how how did she not, ex- like, suspect anything when Hannah said that. So the fact that it does end up coming back here and being the reason why she starts to suspect that Hannah's involved in the magical world and probably a bad guy does, like, it works. And I think it's good yeah. setup for this episode. But um, then we see who else they're setting up as a potential villain as we move into the next scene in the attic where we see Leo putting down his box of tools and he kind of closes the door behind him. Then he opens all these chests using like a magical power that I'm assuming is similar to Prue's. He starts to open like the dresser where the tiara is and then closes it but doesn't close it all the way. That's when Piper comes in and asks what he's doing. He says that he needed to fix a light fixture downstairs and he was hoping he could find what he needed for it up here. And she kind of accepts this and he says that he has to tell her something and she knows it's going to be something bad. And he says, I might have to leave here soon. I might have to go home. And she's kind of like, home is far. And he's like, it's far. And he's not sure that he has to go yet, but he wanted to tell her just in case. And she's kind of like, thanks. And then he kisses her on the head and he leaves. And that's when Piper notices that that drawer is partially open with the tiara in there. And that's the end of that scene. Yeah, so they do kind of make Leo a little bit sus here when they, you know, obviously we know that Rex and Hannah are behind this whole tiara thing. But now all of a sudden we find out that Leo has these powers that we've never seen before. And he's up in the attic looking around for something and it's a little bit suspicious as to what he's doing. So I'm excited to see wherever this goes. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously by the end of the episode we figure out that this isn't the case. But I wonder if they wanted us to suspect that either Leo was in some way working with Rex and Hannah or that he was going to be the new big bad after they defeat Rex and Hannah in this episode. I don't know if that's kind of what they wanted us to think. Because the only, like, villains we've seen that have had multi-episode arcs so far are Rex and Hannah. Every other bad guy has been Monster of the Week and gone. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're right. When they first showed it, I mean, obviously we know that that's 
we know what happens at the end of the episode, but right here they are making it seem like, you know, oh, Leo might be the villain here. Leo might be the next villain or something. Obviously, he's involved in the magical world and the fact that he's a reoccurring character, like, this is, something's gonna happen with this, you know? Yeah, and for anyone out there who is a first-time watcher who's listening in, I'd be really interested to know um, if you were suspicious of Leo throughout the episode or if you always thought he was doing something, like, good for the girls. So I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on that before you saw the end of the episode. Yeah. So after this, we cut to Phoebe pulling up to the address that Rex sent her, his apartment, for the dinner party. And as she's, like, knocking on the door, Rex does his little astral projection thing and projects behind her and says, you know, you will see a fantastic or a spectacular apartment before she comes in. And then he disappears and he opens the door and lets her in and she sees this beautiful apartment and is like wow this place is spectacular and he offers her champagne and they're the only ones there and Phoebe's like oh am I early and he says no you're right on time and she's like well I thought you were having a dinner party and he says I am but with a very exclusive guest list it's just you and me and then he brings her champagne and you know offers up a toast to her interview that he just got for her at this magazine and phoebe is like like obviously this is how he brought it up to her that he got this interview and so she's happy and she's interested and then she's like (laughs) she's like okay but what's the catch and without skipping a beat rex replies you have to sleep with me. And Phoebe, you can see in her face the way she was about to go off. She, like, uncrossed her legs really fast and, like, went to put the drink down and was ready to, like, slap this motherfucker. And he was like, Phoebe, I'm kidding. Like, what kind of man do you think I am? And they're, like, they kind of, like, laugh about it. And, I don't know, they, they're talking again. Then Rex gets up and goes to get some sushi, get some food for them. And as he walks away, he does his mind astral projection thing again, makes her think that she's getting a premonition of Prue at work being attacked by a warlock and that she's in danger and that Phoebe needs to go save her. So then Rex comes back and Phoebe obviously now believes that Prue is in danger. So she gets up and she rushes out the door and she's like, I have to go. I'm sorry. And after she leaves, we see Rex kind of like snap his fingers basically. And the apartment goes like the spectacularness goes away. It just becomes this empty, gross apartment. And then he takes out his phone and he calls 911. And he's like, 911, I'm calling from Buckland's auction house, and I think someone's trying to kill me. Please hurry. And hangs up the phone. Yeah. So everything that Rex is doing in this scene is super fucking creepy and just gives off, I'm trying to date rape this girl vibes. So first of all, she says she doesn't want a drink. He kind of is like, no, I insist. Okay, what the fuck? No. Then (laughs) next thing, he's like, 
told her he was having multiple people over and then I was like oh no like it's just the two of us like why couldn't you just say come over and have dinner with me why did you have to lie about there being a dinner party that gives off I'm trying to take advantage of you vibes then we of course have the you have to sleep with me line the worst of them all and the other thing I want to bring up is I think Rex because the person whose identity he, he took we find out later in the episode was born in 1974. So in 1999, that would make him 35 years old. So I'm assuming Rex is supposed to be in his mid-30s. Phoebe's 22. So everything about the situation is creepy. I think we don't think about it because Alyssa Milano does not look like a 22-year-old. But Phoebe is supposed to be 22 years old in season one. Maybe 23 if she had a birthday. Ew. Ew. I didn't even think about it. You always bring up stuff like that that just makes it yeah Yeah. no I did not think about that but I do agree that every single aspect of this scene is super creepy and I don't even know why Phoebe stayed soon as he was like oh it's just the two of us like it's an exclusive guest list I would have been like "Mm, that's funny I forgot I have something I gotta go do like I would be out there and I would have immediately not drinking that drink after someone Hell said something no. like Are that. Like, Absolutely not. That's like definitely like, yeah, I'm going to take you to my house and rape you kind of thing. Like, yeah, ugh, no, I it's, hated. it's not good. This is like what the sixth creepy thing we've seen from Rex in this episode so far, like. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I feel like in all the other episodes, he was, like, weird, but he was never giving off, like, creep vibes until this episode, and then all of a sudden it goes up to, like, level 100, and I'm just like, damn, Rex, what the fuck? He was holding, he was holding out on us. Like, Jesus Christ. I wish he would have kept holding out. I know, like, I wish we never saw this side of him. We could have been cool, Rex. Like, <laughs> literally, you would have just gone down as a regular old bad guy, but no, you had to become like the second rapiest guy in the show so far. So, <laughs> the only person beating you is the dream sorcerer. So, that says a lot. Yeah. Forgot about him, too. <laughs> so, then after that, we go back to Buckland's. And Prue is in the hallway, and Jaime, the security guard, approaches her. She starts asking him questions about the night the tiara was stolen, and she's kind of like, oh, was anyone else there after I left, like Hannah or Rex, maybe? And he says, no, you were the last one out, just like tonight. You're the hardest working woman I've ever met. And he's kind of like, for what it's worth, Prue, I know you didn't take it. I mean, of all people, there's no way. And she kind of thanks him and leaves. And I just want to say, I have such a crush on Jaime, and I just, like, love him. And a the crush fact- on him? Yes. Yes. Huh? I think he is the cutest. And, like, the way he talks to Prue and is, like, so sweet to her, I liked him a lot. I mean, I, I like him as a person, but a crush? Yeah. You're pushing it. <laughs> you don't think he's cute? <laughs> no i do yeah we have we have very different tastes (laughs) very different tastes i thought he was so cute whatever (laughs) moving on (laughs) mia's out here insulting the men that i have a crush on but whatever 
作りいいんだよ<笑> So then we go into Hannah's office and Prue kind of like sneaks in there and goes on to the computer She looks up Rex and Hannah in the personnel listings for Buckland's and both come up as no listing which is kind of suspicious That's when Astral Rex appears behind her and he says, someone's after you. You fear it's a warlock with powers greater than yours. She gets up to start running and then we cut really quickly to Jaime walking in the warehouse, which is when Rex tells her that she just heard an innocent scream and that she needs to grab the artifact inside the door when she gets to the warehouse. So she runs down and then we see Hannah kill Jaime and drop a security footage tape by his body. That's when Prue goes in, she grabs the artifact and sees him on the floor. Phoebe runs in right after and is kind of like, oh my God, are you okay? And then they realize Jaime is dead. Yes. So, I mean, big scene. This is where Prue gets set up for murder. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have too much to say about it. I feel like this was a lot of just like plot yeah you know pushing the story forward the one thing i'll say is like i like how hannah literally just like casually throws the tape by the body <laughs> like what the fuck and then also the yeah also like r.i.p to my crush jaime may he rest in peace and have a great afterlife i know like we saw him for a whole three minutes in this show it was so sad too because he was just so sweet to prue like And now you're just dead. Just literally. On. Sorry. No more Jaime. <laughs> just just is really disappointed about that. <laughs> I am. I am. I would have liked to see him around more. Yeah, he was a good guy. That is sad. Although, I mean, it's not like some deep personal thing because this episode is the first time we've ever, like, he's ever made an appearance. <laughs> so. Whatever, I guess. So then it kind of cuts to a little later. And at this point, the cops are there in the warehouse with Phoebe and Prue. And Daryl comes up and says that the tape found by the body is the missing one that was from the vault. And that it shows Prue stealing the tiara. And they're kind of like, what? Like, that's not possible. And she turns to Phoebe and is like, someone must have manipulated me into taking it. And then Phoebe's like, same way someone manipulated me into being a witness against my own sister. And Daryl and Andy like overhear a little and they're just like, yeah, I have no clue what they're talking about right now. And then Prue kind of suggests that Hannah and Rex are behind this. And they kind of argue a little. Phoebe doesn't really believe it for some reason. And... Daryl tries to go and ask Prue more questions, Daryl and Andy both do, about what happened, and Phoebe starts getting mad, and she's like, so what is it, like, you think she killed him, Andy, is that it? Starts going off to him, and is like, no, I want to hear you say it, like, you know that she couldn't do this, and then Andy's kind of like, Phoebe, like, look at all the evidence stacked against her, what are we supposed to think? And Prue's like, that I'm guilty as hell. And Phoebe's distraught. She's like, you know she didn't do this, Andy. But, I mean, to be fair, like, what the hell is he supposed to do? What is he supposed to think? And he's like, I'm sorry, Prue. And they arrest her for suspicion of murder. 
Yeah. So I liked one of Phoebe's lines that I wrote down was when she was like, and none of this has anything to do with the fact that she dunked you, does it? And I was like, yes, Phoebe, go off. She was going in on him. She was prepared. This is what I mean. Like, she got really defensive of her again, and I love it so much. Like, always going to be there for her siblings. You can yeah. Count. You can count, Phoebe. But yeah, no, I mean, other than that, this was mostly just pushing forward the crew getting arrested for murder part you know we saw that development in their relationship we saw more of andy like kind of not wanting to accept that crew did it and not thinking she did but kind of being left with no choice but to arrest her because all the evidence is pointing to her right now right exactly so then we're back at rex's apartment building and phoebe and piper in the hallway and piper saying that they should hire a lawyer and Phoebe saying that they don't have money to do that, but she thinks that Rex can help, and that's why they're going to see him. She rings the bell on his door and a few times, and there's no answer, and then she just kind of, like, turns the doorknob, and Piper's kind of like, what are you doing? But the door opens, and we see a totally empty apartment, and Piper's like, are you sure this is the right place? And that's when Phoebe finds her lipstick on the floor, and she kind of says it must have been illusion even my premonition and then piper's kind of asking how that's possible and phoebe says mind control astral projection throwing charms who knows and then she says that prue was right about rex which means i'm dating a warlock and piper kind of laughs and says been there done that and then they both kind of get really serious because they realize what this means for prue yeah so i mean same thing kind of pushing the plot but here I was like like it's things like this that the show does that I'm like okay come on one piper's like but how 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 could it all be an illusion mind control astral projection like immediately names exactly what it is and it's like all right now like bullshit you just thought of that you know like that would never happen yeah <laughs> I think like, the- I have no clue True. I think the only reason I'll accept it is because, you know, since Phoebe has no job and doesn't really have to seem to have much of a personal life outside of getting too involved in her sister's relationships, um, <laughs> I'm going to assume that she just spends literally all day at home reading the Book of Shadows and learning about magic. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shit, that's what I would do. Why not become a pro witch? We know she's into it, so I guess fair enough. Maybe she's just on top of that shit and that's why. So after this, we see Prue in jail, and she's in her jail cell, and this guy who's in the cell next to her is, like, catcalling her and, like, making, like, like kissy noises at her. Super weird, and I hope that's unrealistic. Like, I don't <laughs> And Prue, like looks at him and uses her powers and kind of throws him against the wall and he just gets scared and sits down and then we move over to andy who's also at the station but he's at his desk and he's dramatically looking out the window very upset and daryl comes up to him and asks him if he wants to talk and they kind of like you know go back and forth a little bit and andy is kind of like you know she didn't do it Morris it's too easy the evidence keeps falling in our laps and Daryl suggests that maybe his feelings are getting in the way of 
you know, the case. And Andy doesn't really have a better explanation, but he, like, just has a strong feeling that this couldn't be true. And, and Daryl's like, well, you know, you always knew she was hiding something. Maybe, maybe this is it. And he was like, a secret life of crime? Like, I don't think so. Like, something's up, you know? And then Daryl is like, oh, do you want us to book her into county, county jail? And Andy's like, no, let's just keep her here as long as possible. So here, still, Andy, like, here you are, this good guy, all of a sudden fully believing Prue and that she couldn't do this and would never do this. But, like, where was this before? Where was this last episode? Literally, like, I am not ready to forgive Andy for his behavior in last week's episode as much as the show is trying to convince us that we should be okay with what happened and just, like, move on and forgive and forget. One thing I did really love in this scene is at the beginning when Daryl calls Andy by his first name and Andy's kind of like, oh, did you just call me by my first name? I wasn't even sure you knew it. And then Daryl says, I heard Prue say it. I really liked that little exchange. Yeah, that interaction between them. I love their, like, relationship, you know, the way they kind of communicate with each other. And, like, you can see that even though they're partners, and I kind of get the sense that Daryl is slightly higher, like, ranking than Andy is. Because sometimes he comes across a little more like we do what Daryl says. And I like that, you know, we, we can see that they do have more than just, like, we work together. They're, they have, a like, a relationship, a friendship. And, like, that even though Daryl has had his comments about Andy in the past, like, he obviously still cares. Like, he's coming up to him, like, do you want to talk? Like, you know, what's going on? And I just love it. I love it between them. Yeah, me too. So then after that, we go to the manor. Piper wants to get rid of the tiara because, you know, if there's no evidence, Prue can't be arrested anymore and everything. And that's when, you know, Phoebe says the last thing we have to worry about is the legal system if we're up against a warlock right now. And Piper says, too, if Prue's right about Hannah. And they kind of figure that what their plan is, is to divide them up so that it's easier to take away their powers if they're not united as the power of three. That's when Astral Rex appears there and he sees Phoebe put the tiara inside this little like closet they have. And then Piper and Phoebe leave. I felt like this scene was a little unnecessary. I think the only thing this scene served was, I guess, showing us how Rex knows the new location of the tiara, but like. Couldn't yeah. they have just searched well, the house? It, it shows, uh, it was kind of like Phoebe getting the idea of what's going to happen in the next scene. Because she's like, oh, this is our only choice. All right, we got to go. And Piper's like, where are we going? And like Phoebe obviously is up to something, you know? That's but true. other That's than fair. that, like there's not, you know, mm-hmm. very important scene. So then we go back to the police station and it's Piper and Phoebe walking outside along the station and it's obvious at this point because Piper's freaking out and is like Phoebe this is a bad idea Phoebe's like come on like it's it's not a big deal like we got to do this kind of thing that they are going to break Prue out of jail and 
Phoebe's kind of like, okay, like when you you get in there and freeze the guard, take the keys, unlock the cell, and get through. And then Piper's like, well, why the hell do I have to do it? And she's like, you know, you have the freezing power. I have to stand outside and keep watch. And then Piper is really scared. And Phoebe's like, okay, are you ready? On three. And Piper's like, no, Phoebe. And she goes, three. And opens the door. And Piper has to freeze them and go along with it. (laughs) Like, didn't leave her any choice there. And then Piper runs in and starts taking the keys from the guards that are frozen and unlocking the cells to get to Prue. Um, and Prue sees her and is like, what are you doing? Are you out of your mind? And Piper's like, just so you know, this is Phoebe's idea. And then she unlocks the cell and is like, come on, Prue, before they unfreeze. And Prue makes a fake body with pillows and they leave together. And then they get outside. So it's Prue, Piper, and Phoebe now, and they're all running away. And as they're running away from the jail, Rex snaps a picture of them on this, like, old Polaroid camera, (laughs) and it prints out, and he stops them, and they're talking, and he's like, I think the police will find this really interesting about the picture, and the girls are like, well, how did you know we'd be here, and he's like, I've been watching your every, every move, and he says that he's the only chance they have of getting out of this, and says that Hannah like, while they were breaking Prue out of jail, Hannah was retrieving the tiara from their house, and the girls are like, okay, what do you want, and he's like, I want your powers, of course, and then he starts getting into this long, you know, exposition detail that, you know, we already knew, he's like, oh, I've been doing this, and this is my plan, and this is what I'm going to do next, and, like, (laughs) just, fucking tells them everything and Phoebe was like why all the drama why didn't you just kill us and take our powers and he's like I've seen what you can do when you get confronted directly I chose a different path and he says that there's a certain spell in the book of shadows that will get rid of your powers and then he pulls out this like lantern thing and he says this device will capture those powers and he wants them to put them in there and bring it to him and that if in return he would give them get them out of this you know legal situation and he's like you don't have much time so you know think fast kind of thing yeah so i mean these scenes like you said um the first part where they're breaking crew out is obviously plot stuff. The beginning of their scene with Rex is also plot stuff. But then we have all that exposition from Rex that just, they do this a lot and it always feels so unnecessary to me. I think part of the reason they do it is just because, you know, we're watching it obviously week by week the way it would have been watched by people viewing the show in real time. But I guess the way that most people watch things now is, you know, more of the binge watching way. So I guess to remind us of things that happened in previous episodes in case we haven't seen the previous episodes and we were just joining in for the first time, but it still feels like so much exposition. Like, I feel like you could have figured out from earlier on that Rex and Hannah have been around for a while and they've been doing shady things this whole time. Well, but they even do exposition for characters that are introduced like same episode and leave the same episode you know like monster of the week type characters they'll still have exposition like this like I guess it makes sense in this situation a little more 
for what you're saying, like, you know, oh, so people who haven't seen the other episodes know that Rex and Hannah have been around for a while planning these things, but, I mean, still, what about all the other episodes where, like, there is no history lesson needed? I don't know. Yeah, it definitely feels unnecessary, but I guess it's just their way of kind of getting it out there. It's just, it's just what they do. Yeah, and I wonder if it's something that'll change in later seasons or if it'll remain all throughout the show the way they do this. Because I don't love that the writers at this point feel that we need to learn things with the characters. If the audience already knows something, it doesn't matter when Prue then learns that information, for example. Like, if we know that, if we hear it with one character, we know it happened. We don't need to hear it repeated four more times. They can kind of find out off camera about it, and then we could just go into where the next thing is happening. Right, right. Yeah, like, a lot of other shows do it like that. Not here, though. (laughs) (laughs) Not here. Not this one. But it's all right. I mean, I still, still a great show. Just a little downfall. Yeah. So then we go to the manor. They've found the spell, and Phoebe kind of asks if it's able to be reversed and says that they should find something to kick Rex's warlock ass instead. Prue says that the problem is that he could be there now and he could decide to go to the police. And that's when Phoebe says, but we can't give up our powers without a fight. It's like giving up who we are, who we've become. And then Piper says who we come from. And, you know, Phoebe starts saying how they need to protect their gifts and pass them on to the next generation. And Prue's kind of like, you don't think I know that. How do you think I feel, Phoebe? I'm the one who got us into this situation. I'm the one Rex tricked. I'm the reason we're having this conversation. And, you know, they're kind of like, no, Prue, it's not your fault, whatever. And then Piper says that, you know, what's their other option to run away? They can't protect the innocent if they're fugitives. And Phoebe says they also can't protect the innocent if they don't have their powers and that they can't lose their powers to evil of all things. And that's when Piper, you know, kind of says, well, with Prude in jail, we'd be divided anyway. The power of three wouldn't exist without the three of us being together. And that Rex wins either way. And then, you know, Piper says they need to take a leap of faith and hope somehow it all works out. And that's when we kind of cut over to the other side of the room where we see that Leo's standing in the doorway listening to this entire conversation. Yeah. Here, it's just a lot of them, you know, talking about how important their powers are and, you know, facing this really tough decision. I like the way they do this, though. Like, in the show, I feel like in a lot of episodes they have moments where like you cut to the manor and it's just them discussing and talking and kind of planning out and like just kind of talking things out and progressively figuring out what to do as a whole as a group and then deciding on something and like all of them agreeing and I don't know I think it's like cute like it's a cute way that they seem to do that in every episode yeah and I love this scene for what you're saying as well as the fact that it does feel like something that as much as it is a little of them just talking back and forth it's very much developing their characters like we see the way that here even piper doesn't want to give up their powers right she's kind of saying it's what we come from which i think is a new attitude we're seeing from piper because she was always very uncertain about being a witch and now we see that she's kind of finally accepting it we know from the truth is out there and it hurts with 
Prue's conversation with Andy that she's kind of accepted that being a witch is part of her life and it's something she wants to do. And, you know, Phoebe's kind of been there all along, but I think, you know, Phoebe's really strong defensiveness to want to keep the powers. The way that Prue kind of takes on all this responsibility and feels like everything's her fault, I think is something worthy to note about who she is as a person as well. And I think it comes from the fact that she did take on kind of that mother role at such an early age. So I feel like doing anything that would disappoint or hurt her sisters is really, really hard for her. And she's making it very clear in this scene that that's what's going on, which I think is good because it shows that she feels that, you know, Phoebe and Piper are mature enough to know her feelings about the situation because in a different world where she didn't feel she could tell them that, she might have kept all of that to herself, all the feelings of responsibility she was feeling, as opposed to sharing it with the two of them. Right. Wow, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. But I, I see what you're saying, and I totally agree. And I feel like it definitely is hard for Prue because, you know, being that she's always had that mother role for her sisters. And we never, like, this is kind of a side of her that we don't really, we have yet to see much of. I feel like in a lot, she's very, like, strong-headed, like, leveled and composed. And here we can see a little, like, she does have these feelings like this human emotion where she does care and does feel guilty and does like blame herself when something goes wrong like especially when it has to do with her sisters when it affects the people around her it you know that's when we see the emotion from Prue not so much when she has to carry weight on her own shoulders like I feel like anything any situation that affects her and pains her she's willing to kind of you know deal with it handle it completely fine but anything like causing someone else pain because of her or where she feels that way that's when we see her hurting the most you know and it shows a lot of her character as a just a genuine person you know just a good caring person yeah definitely so after this they go up to the attic and they are kind of sitting in a circle, you know, around their little altar thing, doing the relinquishing spell to their powers. And they repeat the spell over and over again. And then all of a sudden, you know, special effects, wind starts blowing, light starts changing, and everything in the Book of Shadows, all the spells just completely disappear, and their powers are gone. They leave, we see them leave their body and go into that lantern that Rex said would capture their powers before, and then it all kind of dies down, and they all are just looking around at each other, sad, and Prue's like, all right, let's go get this over with, and they grab the lantern, and they go to walk out. So then we go to Buckland's where Rex and Hannah are in the office and they're kind of continuing their plan. Hannah like morphs into this Black Panther. I'm assuming it's a panther. I don't actually know what type of big cat it is, but that was my guess. I put jaguar. I don't know. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And like before she does it, she does this weird like sexy like cat pose on the floor and I was just like unnecessary unnecessary she could have morphed from standing up I didn't like it I don't like how hard they try to portray Hannah as this like sex appeal like this sexy character I don't see it 
there's nothing wrong with like wanting her to be sexy but i feel like she's over sexual for no reason like you could be like subtly sexy or like dress sexy or whatever and that would be totally fine but she just does these like weird behaviors that are like trying to be sexy but for whatever reason aren't actually coming across that way to the audience no not at all maybe it's the actress but it she i don't think she does a great job at playing sexy like if that's the vibe that we're supposed to get it really just comes across as like awkward and like uncomfortable you know yeah and I think part of it could be the way they style her not to say that you know like people who wear their hair up and like dress kind of like like I feel like everything she wears is very dull very like dark colors Like, there's nothing about her that's making her pop. Um, We see all the other women in the show, and typically, you know, their hair is down. It's, like, styled in some way. They are wearing some type of makeup a lot of the time, or their clothes are kind of brighter colors. Look, They look cute, fashionable. Whereas every time we see Hannah, she's in, like, a very businessy suit. And we've never seen her in anything casual. Um, We've never seen her with her hair down. And she just kind of gives this very, like, closed-off vibe. So I feel like when they're trying to create these situations with her, it feels kind of off. Um, Especially after seeing her in the last episode and, like, kind of the way she was like, oh, like, can't look at Matthew while he's changing. And it's like, you want this same character who acts like that to just be, like, weirdly sexual sometimes. And it just, like, doesn't match up. Yeah, I think that might might be a big part of what it is. That, like, why it never came across as like smooth you know it was like her character is a little bumpy to me and I think that might be why because it's like you're trying to do all these mix and match things for your character and it's just not working well you know Mm -hmm. but I don't know I mean whatever (laughs) whatever (laughs) fuck Hannah so then we cut to the station where Andy is sitting there by himself at the desk and he starts searching up Rex and Hannah online and sees that they don't match the pictures for as like okay when he searches up the names their actual identities the identities that they stole came up and they don't match the pictures and it says that those people have died and have been dead in 98 what year is this supposed to be so this is like the beginning of 99 filmed in 98 but it says that they died in august of 98 and i'm assuming this play takes place in like the winter time right right so probably around when pre started working there with them mm-hmm. gotcha uh that's when they killed them and took these people's identities so now obviously him seeing that Rex and Hannah aren't the real Rex and Hannah and that these people are dead he gets suspicious of them and he calls Morris and he's like Morris come to the station I think I figured out who's framing crew Mm -hmm. I just kind of like love like okay still don't forgive you Andy but I do kind of love that you're still staying late just to figure out like how to get Prue out of this situation. (laughs) Yeah, maybe he's on the path to redemption. He hasn't been redeemed in my eyes yet, but maybe he can get there. (laughs) Eventually. So then after that, we go back to Buckland's and the sisters kind of come out of the elevator. 
and Phoebe's kind of like, once we get the evidence back, let's just knock the lantern out and stomp it out of Rex's hands, and then maybe our powers will just come free and everything will work out. And Piper's kind of like, well, how do we know this whole thing isn't a trap? And Rex says, you don't actually, but here you are, powerless, I presume. And that's when Prue's like, where's Hannah? And he says, lurking, it's what she does best. <laughs> and <know>. then, <laughs> literally so disgusting. And then, you know, Prue gives him the lantern. And then Rex kind of goes on this whole long demon rant that they always have to go on. And he's like, it feels too easy. We need a more satisfying ending. And that's when Hannah the panther or whatever big cat she is comes out of the office. <laughs> And all the girls are, like, scared because, you know, there's this huge wild cat and they don't have powers anymore to protect themselves. Aside from that one super creepy thing that he said, Hannah's lurking. It's what she does best. Uh, I don't have much to say about this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really just pushing forward the plot. So then we cut to Leo in the manor. And he's upstairs in the attic, and he goes up to the book that he sees is now completely blank. And he kind of holds his hands over it, and we see this, like, magical glow come from his hands. So, obviously, he has some other power that he's using that fixes the situation, because all of a sudden, everything reappears back on the book. and the powers start releasing from the lantern and kind of everything just goes back which does feel like a little weird to me like that was a pretty quick resolution okay I'll just talk about it after but so yeah he brings everything back to the book and then we go back to the office and the lantern frees their powers on its own and Rex notices this and he's like oh no Hannah now and Hannah runs and jumps on them, this cat version of her, but it was too late. Their powers had already come back, and Piper goes to put her hands up, and it freezes Hannah, and the girls are all really confused. They're like, what the hell? We have our powers back, and they're like, okay, well, it doesn't matter, and they move out of the way, and Prue uses her power to move Rex directly in front of Hannah so that when she unfreezes, she'll jump on him instead. And that's exactly what happens. They unfreeze. Hannah jumps on Rex and then accidentally, like, eats him. I don't know. And kills him. And then she morphs back into her human self. And she's like, oh, my God, Rex. Like, what have you done to the girls? And then all of a sudden, this fire appears around Rex and Hannah and they start burning, and Hannah's freaking out, and she's like, no, 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 don't, like, I'm not the one that failed, he did, and this thing just kills them both, or takes them to hell, or whatever, we don't really know, they just kind of disappear, but it's obvious that some higher power, you know, took them away, because they failed this task of getting their powers, the girls' powers, Mm -hmm. so the girls are all confused after this, Rex and Hannah have now disappeared, But they're like, you know, we can't really worry about this right now. We have to get Prue back to jail before somebody notices that she's gone. Mm -hmm. 
basically what I was going to say is that it does feel a little weird to me how easily Leo was able to just, like, completely fix this situation. Like, I feel like there was such a... It's such a dramatic episode, and there was a lot of build-up. Like, they've been in several episodes just for it to kind of end with him, you know, magically just snap of his fingers fixing the book. I'm not really sure, but obviously he's got some great power. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying. It felt too easy to me, too, because I was kind of like, yeah, Leo just shows up, holds his hand over, and boom, it's all fixed. It makes me wonder, you know, exactly who Leo is, why he's around the sisters, kind of what his link to magic is. We know he has powers. We don't really know where they come from or what they are yet. But this episode definitely leaves me with a lot of questions because even by the end, we don't have the answer to that. Um, I guess it's something we'll have to find out in a later episode. Right. I'll also just comment on the fact that that fire special effect is the worst one of the episode. (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. They've, yeah, they... They need some improvements on their special effects. Yeah, and, like, the acting from, you know, the woman who plays Hannah wasn't super strong in this scene. I wasn't totally convinced by this performance. But, yeah, that's all I'll say about it. I don't want to insult her too much. I'm sure she did her best. (laughs) But I was thinking the same thing, and I've noticed that, I mean, this isn't the first time that I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, like, she's not, she's not doing a very good you know what the thing is like I think I think it was just the role that she had to play like I don't think she was very good I don't think she was a good fit for it and I don't think that she was really able to do her best job you know like maybe she just wasn't comfortable I don't know acting however she had to act because it didn't play well to me I don't know Mm, yeah So then we go to our next scene, which is back at the jail cell, and Andy and Daryl are kind of getting there, and since, you know, we kind of saw in the scene right before them being like, oh, we gotta get back, where before someone finds out, I think they kind of wanted us to anticipate that Prue wasn't back yet when they get there. But of course, you know, they go in, they uncover the blanket, and Prue is in there pretending to be asleep, and she kind of like plays confused and asks them what's going on. And they say, you were right, Rex and Hannah were setting you up, or whoever they were. They say that, you know, Rex and Hannah killed two people and took their identity. They were stealing money from the auction house, and this tiara was probably, like, their big take before they were going to leave. They found it in Rex's office. And then Andy kind of pulls out the photo of the sisters running away that was also in Rex's desk. And hands it to Prue and is kind of like, how do you explain this? And Prue's just kind of like, oh, quite photogenic. And he's like, isn't it? And they just kind of like smile at each other. And that's the end of the scene. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. Because it's like, okay, so you guys obviously just broke out of jail, but forget about it. Who cares? (laughs) Fuck it. Last episode couldn't steal a feather. This episode can literally break out of jail and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Fuck it. I I, th- I did think that was, like, a cute way to end that scene, though. Cute moment between Prue and Andy. So then we go to the manor, and they're in the attic, and it's Prue, Piper, and Phoebe are kind of standing there talking. 
and trying to figure out how everything just kind of went back to normal all on its own. And they think something or someone must have done it. And as they're talking about this, Leo kind of knocks on the door in the attic and comes in. And they all just kind of are like, oh, hey, Leo, like, Leo, like mad casual, which is weird to me because the book is wide open in front of them and it's in the middle of like an altar with candles and stuff and like nobody even bats an eye but I mean whatever (laughs) I guess (laughs) but so then he says that he came back to get his toolbox that he accidentally left up there and Piper comes up and is like I don't remember seeing that and he's like well you know what Freud says what about people leaving things behind and Piper's like they did it because they secretly wanted to come back and it's just a cute little moment between them and Prue and Phoebe kind of like walk away to like the other side of the attic to give them a little more space and Piper looks at Leo and is like you're leaving aren't you and he's like yeah I'm afraid so and she's like well do you really have to go And he said, I fixed what I needed to fix, but I'll be back, I promise. Nothing can keep me away from you too long. Oh my god, my heart. And then he leaves, and Piper is obviously, you know, kind of sad about this, of course. And he obviously was too. And then she walks back over to Prue and Phoebe, and they're kind of talking. And Prue starts ripping out the relinquishing spell from the book and she says that she's getting rid of it forever so that they don't have to risk losing their powers like that again and Phoebe's like I second that Piper's like third and then they're like so which is forever and damn proud of it and they light the relinquishing spell on fire and then we go downstairs and see Leo um walking like walking out going towards the door to leave and he kind of like teleports I think or like just vanishes out um and we just see these like blue uh I just want like blue swirling lights I didn't really yeah I, yeah blue lights surrounding him as he leaves and that's how the episode ends yeah so like let's talk about the Piper and Leo of it all so this ending is so sad you know, he kind of makes this promise that he's going to come back or whatever. But, like, can you imagine, like, you have this guy that you clearly like so much. You guys, like, hook up, and then he's immediately like, oh, I, I got to go back home now. Like, damn, poor Piper. I know. That would make me so sus. Like, I wouldn't just be like, oh, he's just, you know, he he has to leave. Like, he's got something to do. Like, I would be hurt. I'd be like, wow, he just full-on played my ass, like, fucked and dipped. Like, (laughs) I don't know how Piper ain't see it that way, but good for her. They they do have a genuine connection, though. That, I feel like, you know, is very obvious. You can see in his face, too, Mm -hmm. like, the way he looks at her, and even, like, when she turns away, the way he will continue to look at her, like, he's obviously still thinking about her and cares about her. Like, it just... It breaks my heart to see him have to go. 
Yeah, and it really makes me wonder a lot about who Leo is, when he's going to come back, kind of why he has to leave or whatever. Like, what's the real story? Because even when he talks about having to go home, he just says home is far. He doesn't elaborate on that at all. So I I really just have so many questions about Leo at this point. And I just want him to come back because I want Piper to be happy. Yeah, I want them to be happy together, and also I am really curious to find out, like, who he really is, where he comes from, what his powers are, what, like, what does he have to do with the magical world, and, you know, in their lives. I feel like we're just kind of left at this episode with so many questions about Leo, and, I mean, they're not getting answered in this episode, that we know for sure, obviously but I can't wait to see how it turns out. Yeah, me too, me too. And, you know, that little final part of the scene where they're, you know, ripping the spell out of the book and everything, just a very cute way to end it, that kind of, like, full acceptance of being the charmed ones and that it's something they want to do forever was really cute. Yeah, and something, again, that they all, like, you see that they all mutually agree on it and mutually kind of, like, accept it together. And that was, like, just a really cute moment, yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok, at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Due to scheduling conflicts with the end of the semester for Jess and Mia's spring break, our next recap of Season 1, Episode 11, Beats of Clay, will drop on Friday, May 6th. In the meantime, over the next two weeks, we will drop two special bonus episodes featuring each of our mid-season thoughts.